Welcome to another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. Counting down movies, music, TV, and pop culture. One top five at a time. And now, here are the two peas. Welcome into another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. I am so glad that you've joined us yet again this week for another fun top five countdown. And I got a first timer as the other P on the pod this week. I'm so happy to have him. I've actually been on his show before and we've been friends online uh, chatting for a couple years now, admiring each other's shows and whatnot on social media, but he's never made his way over to the P's before. So let's say hello to the first timer and friend of the show, Travis. Hey. Uh, what's up, man? How's it going? How I am, good, brother. I am doing good. Yeah, I'm so happy to have you, man. Why don't you tell everybody, because you've never been on the show before, tell everybody what you do, where you're from, tell them a little bit, a little bit about your show. Uh, yeah, so I do a show called Wait You Haven't Seen, um, right. and so it's movie discussions. Uh, I had you on because you had never seen Heat before, mm-hmm. and I, I just love to share movies with people or have something new shared with me, so I started the show as a way to just talk about, I love talking about movies. It's a, yep. it's a fun passion for me. And I get to show people some of my favorites, or I get to see somebody's favorite movie for the first time ever. So that's the hook. Is every week at least one person, and because sometimes I'll have one person on, sometimes it might be two or three. At least right. one person is seeing the movie for the first time, leading up to the show. Well, you had me on for Heat, like you said, Michael Mann's Heat, and uh, could not believe that it went 20 plus years before I saw that. But thank you for thank you for giving me that homework because, as you know, I really enjoyed that film. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to come back on your show. We're going to do Unforgiven, right? Yeah. The Clint Eastwood. That's right. Um, classic, if you will, that you haven't seen. So I'm looking forward to getting back together on your show to do that. But, you know, here on The Peas, we do a fun top five show. And I know you wanted to come on. I've wanted to have you on for quite a while now. And you kind of pitched this one to me. And it was funny because it was one that I should have thought of. It should have been front of mind. But I, for whatever reason, I've never thought of this topic. And it's never been pitched to me before. But tell everyone, Travis, what did you come up with? What are we counting down tonight? So we are counting down the top five, or our top five, chases in a movie. Yes, yes, movie chases. What do you think, man? I mean, when you were coming up with a list, you know, narrowing it down is always tough, and we were talking about that earlier when we were chatting. But, I mean, what do you think when you came up with your list? How excruciating was this for you? I sat down to start working on this list, and immediately... Just thinking about chases involving automobiles in movies, I was like, I've got ten off the top of my head, and wow. I had, and and I hadn't branched beyond cars, and that was it. And so it was like, okay, this is going to be a tough one. And I ended up kind of going a little um, a little weird with some of my choices. Uh, we'll see okay. what you think about those. They're not your traditional chase choices, but okay, they. It ended up, I mean, it's my list, and it ended up being the, the stuff that kind of means something to me. Um, there there might objectively be better choices than some of these, but these sure. are ones that really meant something to me, and they, they do something in the movie. So, but it Yeah, was, well, there's... Oh, it's just yeah. tough. 
I, I agree, man. I mean, if there's any first-time listeners, you know, Travis brings up a good point there because this is our personal favorites, and I do that every week. You know, so if somebody pitches a topic to me, I just come up with my five favorite, and then I usually have about five honorable mentions as well. So I just have the ten of my personal picks in whatever the category is. So these are not the end-all, be-all, definitive chase scenes that you would find, uh, you know, kind of the consensus picks. They're just my favorite, and it sounds like you went that route as well, Travis. So, you know, when I was coming up with my list, just to kind of piggyback on what you were saying, um, (laughs) this was a topic that I just kind of defaulted to automobiles or to cars. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I was kind of like, well, wait a second. I had this one that came up on another uh, countdown that I did recently that hasn't aired yet that I'll talk about. When that, when that movie comes up because it didn't make my list. And that one is a chase scene, but not a car. It doesn't involve cars. Um, and I don't want to give too much away now because I'm going to be talking about it later. But I was, but as soon as I thought about that one, then it just opened up a whole, like the floodgates just <laughs> went, went crazy, man, because it is kind of an abstract topic, really. It really is. And there, there's so much play that you can have with that. And, you know, I was, I started thinking about movies that had a good chase in them. I started kind of going over um, the different types. And then I started thinking like the different types of chases. And I watched some, you know, I read some articles on like top movie chases. I watched some videos that kind of counted some stuff down to give me some ideas. Maybe right. something that I hadn't seen that maybe I'll, I'll go watch the movie or at least watch that scene. So yeah, it was, it was a lot. And that was when I started thinking like, oh yeah, it's not just cars. I mean, you and I could sit here and do a top 10 list of chases from a James Bond film, and yeah. we could come up with 20. Like, we could come up with two completely different top 10 lists just of James Easily. Bond movies. Easily. It's crazy. So, I don't know. Do you do you use uh, Letterboxd, Travis? Um, I do not, but I know of it. Yeah, I'm literally reordering my list as you're talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, I use this app called Letterboxd, which is basically you can rank films pretty much for the most part. And uh, I I do that for for my show. I, I make private lists to kind of you know keep notes and pick because it has a database of it's basically like IMDb for the most part. Um, so I'm looking at my list and I'm like ah. So yeah, the ordering always gets me, man. But that's this is nothing new, man. Every week it's just a, a pain in the ass for me to order <laughs> these, but I, I do my best. And I had a lot of fun, man. I was telling you, I watched um, you know what ended up being my top five. I watched all five of those scenes today, just a few hours ago. To, so they would be fresh in my mind because some of them I had not seen in several years and I wanted to make sure they held up and so on and so forth. There was a couple that I knew my son would dig. He's almost seven years old. Oh, nice. So, I, you know, I might not be able to show him the whole movie in some of these cases because they might be rated R and language and whatever. But some of these chase scenes are just exciting and exhilarating. Yeah. And, and, and that's kind of what's too violent. Yeah. And that's what's really cool about a lot of chases is you can get a lot of action, a lot of uh, a lot of adrenaline going. And there's virtually there's very little dialogue most of the time. Right. Um, so yeah, that's the, I was kind of doing a similar thing. I was going through rewatching a lot of the scenes and just pouring it over. This was a fun one, and I mean, it makes for a good topic. Like if you've got something that's this abstract and this, there's this much to it. It's good. There's a lot of meat on that bone. Yeah, I agree, man. I, I was. Uh, this was a fun one. This was a fun one to to research. I'll just put it that way. So <laughs> I, if if you're ready, man, I'm gonna let you get us started, Travis. So again, we're doing our top five movie chase scenes. Not necessarily uh, vehicles or automobiles, as you will see, at least on my side of the table. Five, four, three, two, one. And here we go. 
Yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to let, let you get us started, man, with your number five. What did you come up with, buddy? All right. So my number five is not in, uh, it involves some vehicles, but it's not a vehicle chase. And it is the um, the chase against, I guess, time that Ferris Bueller has at the, at the end of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Wow. Good one, man. Now, see, this is what I'm talking about, dude. This is why you're a bright, you are the, a bright light bulb in that box, brother. I would have never thought of this. And I love Ferris Bueller. Yeah, I got thinking about it and I started like really pouring over stuff. And then I remembered that scene's got so much in it. You know, he runs into his sister and his mom. His mom has no idea he's there. The sister does. So she starts to speed away. And then you got the cop chase, uh, chasing her down, him running next to his dad. Uh, and then he, you know, it's got humor in it where he runs past the girls that are sunbathing and turns around and come back to introduce himself or running through the house. Like, I love <laughs> right. all that. You know, he runs through, no, don't get up. Right. Don't worry. You know, it smells great. Dinner's ready. Like it's just, and it's been parodied and, and referenced in other movies. Like it's just a, it's a fun scene. And then it ends when he gets back to the house and boom, there's, there's Rooney waiting for him. Like it's yep. just such a great scene and it fits the movie perfectly too. Yeah. Another cool thing about that scene too, is right after that, uh, you see the bond, the sibling bond kind of finally come together at the end yeah. because, you know, Jennifer Gray and Ferris are uh, a genie are at odds the whole movie and they really hate each other and they're enemies kind of the whole movie. And then at the end, it's like, you know what? Nothing's nothing's thicker than family here, so I'm going to take care of you. So that's a cool way to kind of end not only that scene, but that movie, too, I thought. Yeah. I, I always thought that was really cool. Definitely. Well, good pick, man. Thinking out of the box, that makes me really excited. Uh, I'm kind of bummed that I didn't think on those abstractive terms. But with that being said, um, I'm going to give you my number five. So you may know, because I know you're a pretty regular listener to the show, but I always try to squeeze in horror whenever I can mm-hmm. to these lists because I'm a horror fanatic. It's my favorite genre of film. And there is a lot of chases in horror movies, right? Like you can, I mean, every slasher movie has multiple chases where the killer is chasing, you know, XYZ victim. But what I did is it is a horror movie and it is a chase, but it does involve a car. And that's not always the case in horror movies. But here you have a great car chase, but also a horror chase. And it is a car. It's Christine from 1983. Uh, one of my favorite filmmakers is John Carpenter, and it's based on a work of Stephen King's as well. So you've got just horror icon just sprinkled all over this, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. But the scene I'm naming is not probably the most infamous scene from Christine, because the most infamous scene would be the fiery kind of uh, slow burning of the car. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, right. Like the horror imagery involved there. But this is where he uh, the car stalks uh, a character named Moochie, which is kind of like... Um, Kind of like the fat kid. You know yeah. how the 80s, there was always a fat kid in the movie? Yeah. <laughs> well, Moochie was the fat kid in this movie. So, um, he the car just, you know, because in the slasher films, you always have the killer stalking, right? Yeah. Stalking the babysitter, stalking the teenagers, and just kind of walking slowly, whether it's Jason or Michael or whatever. Uh, so, that was kind of turned on its head a little bit here, where it was the car doing that was still very predatory where it was chasing the victim, but doing it very slowly mm-hmm. and very methodically, you know, that you would that you would see in a traditional um, serial killer or slasher film. And he gets him, you know, through the streets and through the gas station and he gets him down this this dark alleyway and he corners him and you think that Moochie's okay because uh, the alleyway kind of like narrows, you know. I don't know if you know the scene I'm talking about, but it narrows. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Christine just like uh, pushes herself into the alley, even though she can't fit and damages both sides of her car just to get into the space to basically crush Moochie to death. Yeah. Um, And it's a very kind of like calculated scene. And 
It's obviously out of the box because you have a car kind of acting on its own accord here. Um, but it's scary, man, especially if you think of it in the time of 1983. Oh, definitely. Uh, uh, and I love John Carpenter, man, so that's why I had to put it on here. What, you've seen this one? Yeah, yeah, I mean... And what do you think of also, it? Also, huge, huge John Carpenter fan. And you pair, you have John Carpenter direct a movie that's based on some Stephen King work. Like, that's great. And that's a great choice. You know, you talk about me thinking outside of the box. Like, this is a car chase, but it's a stalker. It's, it's <laughs> right. so right. I, I, that's a great choice. Awesome, man. Thank you. Yeah, I love, uh, I've named this one before. It's come up on a couple other lists that I've done in the past, but I want to say they were horror related. And uh, I don't know, I cheat a little bit every week when, when I can to try to fit horror into my top five. So that'll be my horror mention this evening. All right. Uh, so that's my number five. Bingo from, card. Yep, that's right. <laughs> and they can mark it off now. Uh, but that's my number five from Christine. Run, Moochie, run is the name of the scene. And that swings us over to you for number four, man. So number four is, it's kind of a longer um, chase, but I wanted, um, I kind of wanted something. I thought about uh, a bunch of scenes from like Top Gun and some of the dog fighting and chasing and that. Yeah, sure. But I ended up going with a different uh, aerial type thing, and it is um, from The Empire Strikes Back. It is the chase through the asteroid belt. Okay. Um, it's a slower paced. Uh, it's It's more than like one individual scene because there's kind of movements to it almost. But it's mm-hmm. got some humor. It's got the great line, and never tell me the odds. You, mm-hmm. But you also, you get this feeling of, like, it's a slow-paced chase where the Empire has, like, all the marbles, right? They have all the manpower. They have all, everything that they need, enough to where they can literally break off the chase to go out and give Vader the ability to make a better call to the Emperor and come back to it, all while the Millennium Falcon is trying to get away. Plus, just the way it's shot and the work that ILM did for, for that is phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I really, I, agree. I really like that scene um, in general because it's kind of, it gets a little bit fast paced and then it slows down and then you've got the whole thing where they're inside the the monster that's inside of one of those asteroids. Um, right. And it's just, it was a, it was a, an interesting chase through the asteroid you, belt. I agree, man. I agree. Very memorable too. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you put Empire in the Star Wars legacy? Is this the best Star Wars film? Yes, I think it is the it best is. Star Wars film. Um, it is All not right. my favorite Star Wars film. Um, <laughs> What's your favorite out of curiosity? Uh, my favorite is A New Hope. It's just, it's the one, okay. it's the first one I saw. It made the, the impression on me that never will go away. The The whole dogfighting trench run at the end of yeah. it. Like that's, oh, I can see that. That's just never going to leave who I am. But I, I can see that. You know, I, I, have, a, I have gained a bit of an unpopular... Um, way of thinking over the last four to five years where I think Empire Strikes Back is probably irrefutably the best in the franchise. Um, but I just love Rogue One, man. I mean, oh, that's, Rogue One is so good. As, as a standalone movie, especially, I mean, just so uh, so good, man. The character development, the action, obviously the effects have been improved by, you know, 30 plus years. And uh, I don't know, that, that's my favorite. And uh, people always kind of like, oh, wow. Uh, but yeah, I just loved Rogue One so much, man. I don't know why. I think, I mean, I do know why. I think the the return of Vader kind of to that lore and seeing Vader on the big screen for the first time in decades, yeah, so uh, had a, had a lot to do with it. Get, and getting to see him be Darth Vader, he that right. that's the only time you really see him as the Darth Vader of legend, right? And right. it's for that one scene. But oh, that movie's worth it for that. That was one of the reasons that I enjoyed. I enjoyed Solo for a similar mm-hmm. thing. You got to see Chewbacca, you know, in a younger state, kind of being Chewy and right. being the big Wookiee. And, um, no, Rogue One, great, great choice. Like, that's, it's really good. Um, it's a lot, I don't want to say it's better than people give it credit for, because I think a lot of people have liked that. 
but you mm-hmm. don't often hear that is that's my favorite Star Wars movie. So that's kind of cool. Right, right, and that's what I, that's what I mean. It always kind of people kind of do a double take a little bit. Star Wars fans when I say that, but I just I don't know, I just love it so much. I have a it could be recency bias too. You know, ten years from now I might not say that, but uh, maybe yeah, it's so hard I to say. It. But I mean, it's it's well put together, and you're right. It's got a lot of character work to it. Yeah, they were able to work a, like a lot of character into a story where you know you know nobody's mm-hmm. making it out. Like right, it was, right. It was probably two thirds into that movie, and I realized, oh yeah, none of these characters are going to survive this. <laughs> Right, and this, you're still so invested, yep. you know. Um, okay, so a good pick for you. I didn't mean to get off course there, no, but right. the asteroid belt chase, uh, etc., in Empire Strikes Back is your number four. Yeah. My number four, I, I rewatched today. I was telling you I watched all these, and it had been a long time since I seen this. So an interesting piece of trivia for you is that this was my number one until I rewatched it, okay. and now it's my and now it's my number four. Uh, I do think it's amazing. I just with, with when you'll see my top what my top three are. I just don't know that this one holds up in terms of like edge of your seat pulse poundingness. If that makes sense, okay. <laughs> like it's not as like uh, it's not as edge of your seat as my top three are. But okay. I just love it. it. It it's an acting powerhouse. The film I remember I fell in love with so so much. And I still, I think it holds up. And it's also based on a television show from the seventies. But it's a chase scene from The Fugitive. Uh, a film starring, uh, well, Han Solo, yeah. <laughs> Harrison Ford, and Tommy Lee Jones. And they're the ones that uh, pretty much carry this scene. They're the only real two actors in it. But it's particularly the scene when um, Richard Kimball, portrayed by Ford, steals the ambulance. Yes. And it gets chased by the helicopter, which Tommy Lee Jones is in the helicopter and chasing after him. And they get him kind of cornered in this, in this tunnel. And Kimball goes into a storm drain in the sewer under the underground and he ends up and you know um gerard played by tommy lee jones and his the other fbi agents are chasing after him and through the storm drains and they are going down the different avenues to try to find him underground and tommy lee jones eventually finds him and kimball has come to a dead end basically on on this uh, at the storm drain kind of overlooking this dam that had to be i don't know hundreds of feet up yeah. right and uh you've seen this right by oh, the way definitely Okay, I, I, halfway through the story, I was like, oh, shit, I might be spoiling this for, for Travis. But anyway, so they confront each other. And, you know, the whole story of The Fugitive and also in the TV show is that Richard Kimball's innocent. Mm-hmm. Okay, the one-armed man did it. That's the whole kind of shtick to the story. But uh, Richard Kimball was framed, and no one, frankly, believes that he's innocent. So he's on the run because he knows it's a case that he just can't win. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, Gerard, who is um, this U.S. Marshal that's been that's been hired to, to catch him, finally they finally confront each other in the scene, and you know he's he's going to race him. He says, you know, put down your gun, and and Richard Kimball says, I didn't kill my wife, and Tommy Lee Jones says, I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and that's just such a powerful scene no, because he's just doing his job, like he just wants to take this guy into custody. Mm-hmm. And anyway, it ends with Kimball staying on the run. So he he takes a swan dive off of this cliff, basically, into the waterfall on the dam and goes on to the next part of his adventure. And he he eludes them yet again. So uh, it's a very tense scene. There's a lot of drama in it. And it's just a great acting performance by these two actors who are the protagonist and the antagonist that both finally meet each other for the first time. And I feel like it's just a power. I mean, Tommy Lee Jones won the supporting actor Oscar for that this year. Yeah. 
or, or that year. I want to say this was 93. I think I might have it in front of me here. It was early. Yeah, 93. So uh, The Fugitive, man. You, you, what, are your, what are your memories of this scene? So, yeah, that's a great choice. That's a great movie. And it, what carries it is Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones. Like That movie by itself is good. They take it to a different level. And that is right. the scene... You know, we just watched Heat and talked about it a few weeks ago. And that had that scene where De Niro and Pacino are in the diner sitting across from Mm -hmm. each other. And we talked at length about that scene and how powerful that was and how that really made the movie. That Mm -hmm. chase and that moment in the storm drain is, is really what elevates the fugitive into something really good. Because it shows you that all Gerard cares about is he's got a job to do and that's bring the guy in. He doesn't care if he, if he's guilty or innocent. He's just tracking him down and bringing him in and right. he's not the jury he's yeah. just right exactly i, I love it and i thought u.s marshals was good too by the way which was a spinoff yeah so uh well we'll talk about that here in a second oh okay Ooh, <laughs> nice all right well yeah so the storm drain chase is my number four from the fugitive and that swings us over to you man what's your three yeah so number three ironically for me is u.s marshals so oh my god are you serious I'm, now uh, a small world or what yeah, i mean out of all the it. movies in the world i wouldn't have thought this I didn't set you up for this, guys. We didn't talk in advance. Not at all. Nope. Go um, ahead, man. Go ahead. So, what scene? Yeah, so U.S. Marshals is the the sequel, basically, to The Fugitive. It follows Sam mm-hmm. Gerard. Um, and the scene that, uh, that I wanted from that is it starts out in the cemetery, and it's a chase out of the cemetery where um, Wesley Snipes is in this one. He's the fugitive this time around. He's playing a character yep. named Mark Shepard. And he runs. His girlfriend is there. She helps him kind of get away. He gets a uh, there's a there's a foot chase. It ends up in this retirement building um, kind of apartment complex. So you've seen the mm-hmm. movie. So I'm not spoiling anything for you. Right. the The reason that I like this chase is there's the tension of the chase. There's some hand to hand fighting, but there's also a big plot reveal in the middle of it with one of the characters. Um, mm-hmm. The whole twist with. Uh, I guess I can give it away, right? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah go okay. ahead. It's the, like 20 years old, man. Right. Yeah, go ahead. The the twist with Robert Downey Jr.'s character is revealed right. in this, and one of the characters, one of the marshals, gets killed. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of story and plot elements inside of, like, baked into this chase um, right. that really mean a lot. And then on top of that, it ends with a great stunt where Snipes' character, Shepard, basically Tarzan swings off the side of a building across mm-hmm. the to the elevated train platform and gets on the train and takes off. And it's mm-hmm. just, it it's it's not, the movie isn't as good as The Fugitive, but it's an underrated uh, late night. It really movie. is. Yeah, I agree. I feel like it's underseen. Um, no, definitely underseen. Which is kind of weird, man, because uh, so much like fanfare around The Fugitive, you wouldn't think that would be the case. I don't have like the box office numbers in front of me. I mean, it probably did respectable. Yeah, but, I think uh, part of it was it was like five years later, and yeah. it wasn't, I don't remember it being marketed much as like the sequel to The Fugitive. It, it was sort of like backdoored in. Like, I didn't realize it when I first saw it, and I'm like, holy wait a minute, that's Tommy Lee Jones doing the same character. And then I realized, oh, it is the same character and all of right. his, because they brought back the whole team. And, right. you know, I love it because Joey, Joey Pants it's got and, Joey Pants. Yeah. It's got Downey yeah. Jr. Uh, before yeah. a lot of the drug problems. Um, right. Wesley Snipes is great in it. So, yeah, it's an underseen, yeah. underrated movie. But that chase, there's just, there's a lot in that chase, both yeah, visually I, I, and story. I remember that. I remember that. I haven't seen this one in several years either, but when you when you mentioned the RDJ twist, I remember that pretty vividly now in my mind. But uh, 
I did not expect a fugitive slash U.S. Marshals. I didn't either. You started talking about the fugitive, and I was like, oh, I gotta, I gotta contain it for another couple of minutes. Oh man, uh, but good pick, man, and I, I do love U.S. Marshals. I feel like that's an underseen action movie. I mean, Tommy, this is Tommy Lee Jones's best work, man. Is Sam Gerard? He's just so good, dude. I mean, there's a reason why he won the Academy Award for an action movie. Yeah. Oh, like, definitely. That's that's unheard of. You know what I mean? So. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's great in both films, and he really, you know, I think U.S. Marshals was cool, too, because he wasn't the lead in The Fugitive. You know, I mean, he was kind of in a few scenes that were very memorable, but it wasn't his story, whereas U.S. Marshals kind of becomes his story a little bit. Yeah. And he kind of he kind of becomes the star, and we get to see him at least twice as often in U.S. Marshals as we did in The Fugitive, oh, which is the character that we fell in love with. So, And I really think uh, if, they had, if they had done U.S. Marshals two years after The Fugitive instead of five years after it. They could have had a little bit of a franchise there and done more. Like Right, right. All right, man. Well, uh, let's see. I'm going to uh, amp up the exhilaration factor with my top three. So coming in at number three is the first movie that I, th- or the I should say the first chase scene that I thought of when you pitched the topic to me. And it ended up falling on my list at number three. Uh, I'm going really early 90s on a lot of my picks, which I didn't realize. But this is from 1991. T2 Judgment Day, Terminator 2, Good one. directed by the uh, legendary James Cameron. And, I, you know, there's actually a few scenes in this movie that I could have chose, but I'm going to cho- choose the one that really blew me away in the theater when I saw it, which was the first one, really, uh, as far as chase scenes are concerned, when Edward Furlong is on his, uh, like, dirt bike or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Robert Patrick gets in the 18-wheeler, trailer and is ch- and is chasing him in that yes and then they go they go down in that little like drain kind of like valley drain thing yep and you know what i'm talking about oh, yeah. and then uh and then arnold shows up with a double barrel shotgun on his motorcycle and he's doing the thing where he flips the double barrel around yep. spins it around with his finger you know oh yeah um to shoot the gates open and then eventually to confront uh t2 so i just so exhilarating man you got the this, the music swelling in this scene. You got really cool slow motion shots, and the camera works are really interesting. Of course, it's James Cameron, so you're not too surprised. Um, but I feel like it's just amped up really, really well, especially for 1991. Man, it really holds up. And then at the end of the scene, is really awesome because you know the kind of the climax of it is um, he goes under a bridge in the in the tractor trailer, and it cuts the roof of the truck off, and he just kind of keeps going. Yep. Um, and then uh, it ends up, you know. Uh, Arnold kind of outsmarts him and it ends up exploding basically. And they're sitting there waiting for him to come out of the fire and then they leave and then he emerges from the fire. Um, so it's a really cool ending to it too. Cause obviously he can't be destroyed like that. He, he's going to, he's going to keep fighting. So I, I love this one, man. What, what do you think of T2? So first of all, T2, great choice. And that's the one to choose from it, in my opinion, like that scene. So when, when T2 came out on home video, um, mm-hmm. One of the big things was uh, surround sound was starting to, to get really popular at um, yeah. you go to, you know, Circuit City or whatever. And they would have the, the room that you could go in and test it out. Yeah, and that yeah, was yeah. the scene they would play to, to show off the surround sound. And yeah. yeah, seeing it in a theater like that, a theater setting or going to the theater to see the movie, like that scene has so much going on in it because it starts off and it's it's the dirt bike and then he's getting chased by the truck and all of a sudden Arnold shows up and he's got that big hog and he's got his double-barreled lever-action shotgun that he's, you know, racking with one hand. Like, it's just, I mean, badass mm-hmm. on top mm-hmm. of badass. It's so right. good. Yeah, I agree, man. And uh, I love uh, kind of a lesser-known GNR tune from this movie, too, You Could Be Mine. Yep. Uh, oh, yeah. I love that song, too. 
But yeah, T2, I mean, you know, that might be kind of a no-brainer pick, but it's the first one I thought of. And I, I did play around with some other movies and some other scenes, but that's the one that constant that kind of stayed where stayed put throughout this whole research process for this list for me was Terminator 2. So that's my number three, man. Yeah. So uh, we're up to our runner-ups, Travis. I'm, I'm feeling good, man. Uh, kind of mini crossover a little bit, I guess, on the on, yeah. <laughs> on Sam Gerard, but uh, <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, that, not the crossover was, I would have expected. <laughs> me neither. Character crossover, yeah. not even movie crossover, character crossover. Uh, what's, what's your runner-up, man? So my runner-up is actually a fairly recent movie, um, and it is the opening scene of Baby Driver. Mm-hmm. So one. I was racking my brain trying to think of of some car chases and I was going through so many of them because I love a good car chase. I just recently saw this movie probably two, two and a half months ago for the first time. I'd missed it. Yeah. I missed it when it came out in theaters and it just sort of slipped under my radar, which is horrible to say because I love Edgar Wright as a director. Yeah. I watched this movie and by the time this scene was done, I was already sold on the rest of the movie and we were only like six minutes in. Yeah. But, well, this just, I mean, I'm going to let you continue, but just the incorporation of music into this scene oh, is just brilliant. It's it, the working music into it and then all the stunt driving is phenomenal. And you've got, you know, he's driving and every, like the other three in the car, one guy's freaking out. He doesn't know what's going on. The other two are kind of figuring out that he knows what he's doing. The The stunt work is great. And then it's got that wonderful shell game that he plays. You know, he gets on the, the highway and he finds the other two red cars and he manages to shell game himself out of everything at the end of it. Like, mm-hmm. it's a great finish to it. Just a beautiful, beautifully shot, really, really good stunt work, too. Just all the drifting that he does. Um, right. You know, coming up from an underground parking garage and pulling a 180 drift and, and heading back out. I was like, I'm in. We're, we're good to go. Right. <laughs> Sold. Yeah. Right. It was just brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Good flick, man. Uh, I was sorry to hear about what came out in the news about him. Did you see that in the last couple of days? I, I heard something, but I haven't yeah, looked into it too much. I haven't either. I, I need to, but it was like I vaguely uh, re- read it that he's got some bad press coming his way. But oh, no. as far as as far as the movie's concerned, uh, also probably uh, would be one of the better opening scenes to a film, too, just in general. Definitely sets the tone for the movie, gives you he barely speaks and you know so much about him by the end of that chase right right well good pick man so baby drivers open i want to say we're gonna do the we're gonna do this suggestion box uh shortly i want to say that got a few shout outs oh yeah i, over, I definitely over online so. too uh, i feel like that's a pretty popular pick too and it's and like you said it's pretty recent so it's fresh in everyone's mind as well mm-hmm. uh and it's amazing some of the things they can do these days with special effects and stunt work and whatnot oh. so no. Well, look, man, I got a, I got the second 1991 movie in a row on my list here. Wow. So my number two is also from 1991 from another one of my favorite filmmakers. It was directed by a female, Catherine Bigelow, and the movie is Point Break with Swayze and Keanu. Nice. That's a good one. You've seen? Oh, yeah. So it's uh, it starts out in a car because, <laughs> which is, by the way, hilarious, but uh, Keanu goes to get uh, Gary Busey a meatball sub, you know? And he brings the meatball sub back to the car, and they're on the stakeout waiting to see if if the presidents show up to this bank that they're across the street from. And he gives them the meatball sub, so it starts out really funny. You know, it's got a lot of comedy because Busey's like, I could, I can't remember what he says, something to the effect of, I could eat a hippo's asshole or something. Yeah. I don't know. He says something really stupid and crass. Something very Gary uh, Busey. Something very much his character. And uh, so that's kind of funny. And then uh, Keanu is like, where did that you know Lincoln come from? And Busey's like, what Lincoln? And then right as they're looking up, the presidents are running out of the bank with, with the stolen money. 
So that's where it starts. So they hop in the car and they chase him, you know, for a few blocks. But uh, what happens is the car becomes disabled because it runs over the, you know, tracks that do the flat tires yep. uh, in different parking lots and whatnot. So the car, they can't drive it. So Patrick Swayze takes off running and Keanu takes off running after him. And that's really where the magic comes into play, especially with Bigelow's filmmaking and camera work in it. Uh, because it's very minimalistic, but uh, it's just so like exciting at the same time. So it's literally two dudes running through a neighborhood, basically. Uh, and Swayze's on the run. He still has his mask on, his Nixon mask. Or Reagan. I can't, is he uh, Reagan? He's Reagan, I, I think. Uh, he's, yeah, Reagan. He's got his Reagan mask on. And Keanu is obviously does not have a mask on. So that's also what's really cool about this scene is because that's when you know as the viewer that Brody knows who... You know Johnny Utah is now. Yep. He knows he's he knows he's an FBI agent. But there's still the kind of like undertones that perhaps Johnny doesn't know that's Brody. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Because because he still had the mask on. And uh, they they go through these houses. They run through people's homes. You know Keanu has that really cool scene where he bursts through the sliding glass door and shatters it. Um, oh. And it's just a really awesome chase where he's right on his heels the whole time. And then he has a bum knee from his days at Ohio State. And he falls uh, in the storm gutter and kind of like re-injures his knee. So he can't chase after him any further. And Swayze turns and looks back at him and they they lock eyes and they stare at each other for a few seconds. And you see Swayze's eyes through the mask holes and Utah just shoots his gun up in the air in perfect Keanu Reeves oh, yeah. overacting fashion, mm-hmm. uh, just screaming that, you know, I couldn't catch you. You're, you're going to get away. And then Swayze gets away. So... Uh, just really, I mean, like I said, very minimal, right? I mean, it's very basic, basic stuff. Uh, just two dudes chasing after each other on foot, but it's done so exciting. And the way it's shot is so exciting. And I love Bigelow, man. So, uh, this is my number two point break. That's a great one. Uh, I I had it on my list for a while. Um, honestly, Mm -hmm. because exactly that Bigelow is such a good filmmaker that she can do something that's very minimalistic and make Mm -hmm. it it's visceral. You just, you right, feel everything right. while it's going on. And right. yeah, I had it on my list for a little while. It's a great, great chase, uh, from a, you know, just a great filmmaker. I'm, I'm a big Catherine Bigelow fan myself. Yeah, me too. I love her, man. She's, she's probably my top five filmmakers to be honest. Uh, I haven't made that list, but if I did, I would be surprised if she was in there. All right, man. So we're gonna, uh, we're gonna give our number ones, man. We're kind of, we're flying through it and I'm excited. I, I love your pick so far and it sounds like you've seen and are a fan of all of mine as well. Yeah. Definitely. Know what to? I don't know what to expect from you, <laughs> Travis. I don't know what you got, man. Why don't Why don't you reveal it? Why don't you tell me what you're? Well, so my number one um, is the car chase at the end of the French mm-hmm. Connection. Um, oh, good one, classic. It's classic. Uh, it's always listed on top car chases. There was yep. a, a lot of chases that I could go with here, but it's the combination of the '70s style of really raw filmmaking. And how that final product looked, how it felt, how it sounded. And then if you know anything about the making of this movie, the stuff that went on behind the scenes to make this car chase is even crazier. Because they didn't have the right permits to film this in New York. They didn't have all the stunt work blocked out. They didn't have all the extras that they needed. They had no money. So Bill Friedkin, the director, was just like, let's just do it. And he had Gene Hackman driving through New York at 70 miles an hour. And I, I love it because um, you'll see breakdowns of this on YouTube and stuff. And they're like, yeah, see the extras in the background there? Those aren't extras. Those are just pedestrians mm-hmm. diving out of the way. <laughs> like the near these collisions, <laughs> these, crazy. these collisions are because of the near misses that they had scripted were a little more near and a little less miss. 
Like, <laughs> it's just such a great, great uh, kind of climax to that whole thing is he's chasing a train in a car. And he's right. he, the train is elevated. He's underneath it. It's just, it's for me, it's my top one. And, and that was hard for me to say because, man, did I have a lot of honorable mentions and a lot of suggestions from other people. And right. it took me a while to whittle it down, but I finally just, I had to go with it and I had to say, I'm going to honor it. French connection. Well, I re, I re, I watched that today. Actually, the scene. I mean, um, because it 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 is kind of revered as one of the first really, um, you know, uh, impactful kind of successful car scenes in modern cinema, at least. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the one that a lot of the other ones that we're talking about, to be honest, at least that involve cars, uh, are probably modeled after, or you know, owe an homage to a little bit. Yeah, and, so. it, and then at least want to try and create that same feeling. That's the you know, we talk about edge of your seat and the thrills and the, the adrenaline and all of that. And that has it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So the French connection, do you have the year on that one? Cause I don't remember. Uh, I think it's 1971. Right? Yeah. I, I knew it was seventies. Okay. So the French connection is your number one. Mm-hmm. Great pick, man. Classic pick. I don't think anybody can argue with you on that one. Now my number one, uh, not so much a classic pick, um, but this is the one pick on my list from a chase scene perspective, really from a movie perspective, perspective period but definitely from a chase scene perspective that's going to harken back to the theater experience for me uh so when i saw this in the theater man um and i'm talking about this scene in particular there were like the scene lasts maybe five minutes from beginning to end if you consider it like one scene uh (laughs) there were probably three standing ovations in the theater when i saw this at the midnight showing uh in imax by the way which by the way added to the just the element of just shock and just beauty of this of this particular scene and the effects and the filmmaker uh and the acting really too but (laughs) three standing ovations in a five minute period but it's from uh 2008's the dark knight and it's the scene when uh joker and his minions are trying to get uh two or harvey dent yep. who's in the who's in the back of the police uh, armor car and then so he's chasing them and batman is chasing them so it's kind of like a three-way chase uh a lot of stuff happens in the scene and i'll probably end up gushing about a lot of it but you know it ends with just an amazing and again seeing this on imax on opening night and having the entire stadium just or theater just like erupt in like awe you know what i mean oh yeah uh, but it ends with the 18 wheeler being flipped over, mm-hmm. uh, and it, and the way Nolan films that Christopher Nolan, who's a master filmmaker, you know the way he films that he almost films it in slow motion, but it's in real time. Yeah. But it just has this like suspense of like time when you're watching it, which is ironic because it's a Nolan film. <laughs> yeah, plus, no doubt. It <laughs> was fuck with time. Um, and then you know Batman uh, drives his motorcycle up the wall and kind of does the 360 and turns around, which is a big thing too that everybody freaked out about. Oh yeah. Uh, you know this scene, obviously. You know what I'm talking Definitely. about. Definitely. Yeah. I, so, I mean, just pure adrenaline, man. Go ahead. What were you going to say well, about was, it before I add anything? I was just going to say, I, I also, opening night, uh, saw this, and it was really similar. I don't know if there was standing ovations, but, man, that when that truck flipped, uh, just so many yeah. moments in that in that entire chase that are just great. Yeah, and the other things I want to mention about the chase before we get past it, to make sure I mention it, because I've talked about this movie at nauseum on the show before, but I've never really talked about the specific scene, and obviously it plays into what the list is tonight. But, uh, you know, little things that are built into it, too, which are probably to Nolan's credit, but, you know, uh, the 18-wheeler that the Joker and his dudes are in, it says laughter is the best medicine, and he spray paints the S on it, yes. so it says slaughter. <laughs> slaughter is the best medicine. Mm-hmm. Just a little shit like that. I just eat up, man. I just love it. Oh. Uh, 
And then Heath Ledger is without a doubt in another fucking planet in this movie uh, from an acting perspective and just a dedication to this to this role and to this character uh, and what he did for the Joker lore really forever um, and how he brought it to life on the big screen. But, you know, just little things that he says throughout the scene, um, you know, where he's kind of maniacally driving. He's like, I love this job, you know, and he's just kind of talking to himself. Yep. Uh, it's really kind of eerie, but also just like makes you happy, kind of. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. No, I get, and I get what or, you're or at least me. I mean, I'm a dark dude. I don't know. But uh, and then at the end, when they confront each other, you know, and um, Batman's coming at him on his motorcycle after the after the truck flips over, and the Joker's just not gonna. It's a game of chicken, right? Yep. It's a classic game of chicken. And the Joker wants him to become the villain by killing him, basically. And he's saying, I want you to hit me. Yep. Hit me. You know, and he's just like standing there hoping that the Batman kills him, which is crazy. But if you follow Batman, you know that is the Joker. You know, yeah. some men just want to watch the world burn. You know, Alfred said it best. So um, it's just a beautiful, like, coming together of those two iconic characters. And then obviously it gets heightened from a dramatic standpoint and a dialogue standpoint later when they're in the interrogation room, which is another scene altogether. Um, but just a beautiful moment between an iconic hero and an iconic villain and the action and just like just palpable adrenaline in that scene that, that, that Nolan creates with that scene um, is amazing. That's why it's one of my favorites. And, you know, I showed this to my, my seven year old tonight, right? Mm-hmm. And this wasn't my number one until tonight. I put it in my number one. And uh, he's watching it, and I won't let him watch this movie yet because it's a little dark, you know what I mean, with the Joker. Yeah. And I feel like maybe four or five more years, I, you know, I won't have a problem. But right now, I feel like he's a little too young to see some of the stuff in this. But I was like, you can watch the chase scene. And his eyes, bro, I mean, he was just like, I can't watch the rest. Like, what happened? Yeah. Stuff like, oh, no, man. dude. But you know what I mean? Like, he's so, like, just not seeing anything before, not seeing anything after it. He was so like invested in in what was going to happen with the arc of those two characters, um, and he was just blown away by that five minute scene. So I was like, yeah, you know, if they can do that still to audiences today, then yeah, ten, twelve years, it's got to be number one. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's a beautifully shot scene. Like Nolan is just a visual master, and yeah. it looks so good. And kind of like what I was talking about earlier with U.S. Marshals, there's a lot of plot that gets um, mm-hmm. you know revealed in this. You get. Uh, yeah. You get the reveal that uh, that um, Gordon isn't dead, Gordon. right? Um, you get uh, all of that, and it does lead. It then leads into the great interrogation scene as well. And this was the right. first time that they um, shared a scene, right, in the movie. I think at that point, yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah. you know, it's a great kind of introduction to the two characters finally getting together. It's it's a brilliant scene. Yeah, easily the and when it, my favorite scene in any of the the three Dark Knight trilogy movies is that particular one. Yeah, I think the duration of it, and like you said, all the different plot developments that happen. Um, but I think the interrogation scene, and then I also love. I love the. I think the interrogation scene from like a dialogue perspective is flaw and and Ledger's acting performance. Oh yeah, is oh. like unbe- unbeatable, bro. Uh, I mean, that was the Academy's. That was what they showed the Academy when they were shopping his performance. Definitely. Um, but yeah, I mean, just. It's so action-packed and so much happens in that five-minute scene. So kind of lending to what you're saying there. But also, I mean, the Joker's getting off on this, bro. Oh, like, totally. he, he he loves it. You know, he loves mayhem. He loves, you know, anarchy and chaos. I mean, even when he's arrested, there's that iconic scene of him hanging out the car window just in, in glee. Yeah. Um, you know, 
<laughs> you know, it's like, what the hell's wrong with this guy? Yeah, he's just psychotic, you know. And when the Batman shows up at the beginning of this chase scene that I that I named him my number one, and he says, "Now we have a Batman," you know, and he's <laughs> yep. he's excited that Batman's there for this because otherwise he wouldn't even enjoy it. Probably, do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, exactly. He needs that part of it. He needs Batman right. there to make it worthwhile for him. No, it's right, right. totally. All right, man, so that's my number one, The Dark Knight. And I apologize to regular listeners that are like, oh, God, The Dark Knight again. <laughs> but, you know, hey, you I mean, know what am I, I going to do? You know? right. <laughs> Sometimes, you you know, tropes exist for a reason, right? <laughs> oh, man. But it is a really good chase scene, so I stand by it as, as my number one. All right, Travis, uh, before we give our honorable mentions, buddy, I just want to remind everyone of our top five. So if you wouldn't mind, just recap yours real quick. Yeah, so uh, number five was the uh, chase of uh, at the end of Ferris Bueller's Day Off, um, Ferris Bueller versus Time, basically. Uh, number four was Empire Strikes Back and the chase through the asteroid belt. Uh, number three, I had the chase that ends on top of a train uh, in U.S. Marshals. I guess that's mm-hmm. the best way to describe it. Sure. Yeah. Uh, number two is the opening to Baby Driver. And then number one is the car chase at the end of the French Connection. Yeah, man. Great list. And I'm really I'm really proud of you, man, with your Ferris Bueller pick. Thanks. <laughs> I'll put it that way. <laughs> that would really that would really did something to me. I was really happy to hear that. Um, I didn't think about that one, but I, I love that movie so much. So I'm glad that you thought that out of the box for this. My number five would have been uh, what they refer to as Run, Moochie, Run from Christine, John Carpenter's Christine. My number four would have been The Chase That Ends in the Storm Drain in The Fugitive. My number three would have been the uh, T2 chase scene with Arnold and the motorcycle with his double barrel shotgun. My number two would have been the foot chase that Keanu is chasing Patrick Swayze in Point Break from 91. And then as I droned on about, The Dark Knight is my number one from 2008, which is uh, the Joker chasing Harvey Dent, thusly being chased by Batman. Uh, My number one from The Dark Knight. All right, man. So we're going to head over to social media to wrap up here in a minute, Travis. This has been a lot of fun, man. But before we do that, I'm assuming you have some honorable mentions because you said you had a lot that you wanted to mention this evening. So what... What did you have that didn't make your top five, buddy? I do. So one, right off the bat, I have to, if I don't mention this, I'll, I'll probably get an internet mob against me, and that's Bullet. The end of Bullet <laughs> yeah, is yeah, yeah. iconic. Um, yeah. One that I really, really liked that I almost had on my list, I just couldn't quite fit it on, uh, was the car chase and running scared um, okay. with Billy Crystal Gregory and Gregory Hines. Hines. Yeah. Wow, it's an underrated okay. buddy cop movie, but that car chase is great because it moves from the airport to the train track, through the tunnels to the elevated train. It's got a lot of humor in it. They're bantering back and forth, um, and it's just cool to, to see them you know, driving on basically train tracks, uh, and it's one that's always stuck to me, so I really like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Blues Brothers, you can't, yeah. you can't not Classic. mention the Blues Brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, Ong Bak uh, with uh, Tony, uh, Tony Ja. Wow, I don't know if I know that one. So it's a it's a lesser known one, but the thing about it is, if you get a chance, watch them. Um, at least some of the chases in the like in the streets, it's foot chases. But he doesn't use any wires or any CG, and okay. it's got a lot of parkour elements. It's got a lot of uh, it's a uh, Muay Thai is his martial art. It that that movie in itself is really just action packed, fast paced. But man, some of the chases in that were great. And then okay. um, also the uh, the Italian job. Um, yeah, that's on my list as well. Yeah. There's some honorables. Okay, so to wrap out, uh, to round out my top ten, my number six would have been a movie that I'm surprised you didn't mention because everybody in the world mentions this when you talk about chase scenes. And initially, it was in my top five, but I ended up it ended up reordering it and it fell at number six. 
was the freeway scene from Matrix Reloaded. Oh yeah, yep. Would be my number six, and otherwise pretty disappointing sequel. I mean, I I enjoyed my time with it, but after the masterpiece that was the Matrix, in my opinion, I thought it was a little lackluster overall. But there's a couple scenes in this movie that really will stand the test of time as the best in the series, and I feel like the freeway chase is one of those with the albino twins. Yeah, that freeway chase uh, is something else, and the work yeah, that they really put good. into it, you can see it. Hell yeah, dude. And then my number seven would have been a Ryan Gosling-led film called Drive mm. by Nicholas Winding Refn that came out in 2011. This is very similar to Baby Driver, actually. It came out about six years before, but it's a more muted version of it. Uh, it's it's a much more kind of neo-noir type of film. Yeah. Uh, but I would equate it to Baby Driver in terms of overall premise. I can see that. That's one that I think I need to see again. I saw it in the theater, and I came out of it not super impressed um, yeah. at the time. I, I feel like I need to revisit it and, and yeah, see if I, I, I still love, feel the same way or not. I love that kind of weird shit, though. So Yeah, no. <laughs> I, and, but I get what you're saying. And the director, um, whose name I can never pronounce right, Wendy Reffin, I think. Um, yep, that's right. He, yeah. I, I've seen other stuff of his, and I've enjoyed it. There's just something about that movie. I just feel like I need to watch it again. And it's got Albert Brooks in it, and I love him. So Yeah, he is great in that movie, too. Yeah. Uh, my, num- my number eight would have been an out-of-the-box pick that got brought up on social media, and I was like, God damn it, yes, I have to include that. Uh, but it's the Coen brothers raising Arizona, oh, and it's the scene yes. It's the scene when Nicolas Cage is being chased by the bounty hunter, and, uh, <laughs> and it reveals he has this Woody Woodpecker tattoo in that scene. Mm-hmm. And the way this, and he's obviously uh, an underdog in the scene and being overpowered by this really manly, masculine killer. Uh, and he just kind of inadvertently, not even on purpose, or at least we don't assume it is, but who knows. But he kind of pulls a pin out of the grenade that's on his jacket. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that and that's how he overcomes this guy, and he explodes. Uh, and then, you know, Nicolas Cage gets away. So, Raising Arizona, is, uh, it's a hilarious uh, chase scene, but just it's, it's a good redemption story for him as well. You already mentioned the Italian job, which would have been my number nine. Particularly, I'm assuming you mean the scene with all the Mini Coopers through the subway station and all that. So, I actually was going to reference the old Italian job with Michael Caine. Oh, okay. Um, all right. Okay. It's Well, that's cool then, because I'm referring to the F. Gary Gray version yeah. that came out in 03. Both of them yeah. are great. Um, I enjoy both. They're, and they're, I do too. their chases are very different, too, which is great. Yeah. And then the last one I'm going to mention is uh, Mr. Tarantino from Death Proof, which is probably his yep. worst film as a filmmaker. But the ending to that film, when the girls get their revenge mm-hmm. on, uh, I mean, you know, because this, this guy that's portrayed by Kurt Russell is really a slime ball. Uh, he's a stuntman who is, uh, basically kills chicks just for kicks. Mm-hmm. And he fucked with the wrong trio, and they decide to, they decide to take, take, give him a taste of his own medicine, so to speak. Um, and it's a really good, like the movie ends on a chase scene, which I thought was really cool too yeah. at the time. I, I remember going, wow, that's talk about ending on a high note. Cause it wasn't really a great quote unquote, great movie, but the last five or six minutes is this chase scene and then ultimate revenge that they get on this dude. So yeah, yeah, uh, that's a, that was on my list for a little while too. And honestly, how good of a filmmaker is Tarantino? If you can say unequivocally, his worst movie is that, which is still perfectly watchable. <laughs> right. It's still really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I saw the Grindhouse double feature of that, which yeah. was a, a really cool experience. You know, I prefer Planet Terror uh, in terms of the double feature, but uh, I mean, it was great. It was a good experience, and I, I'll never forget it for sure. Oh, I definitely. wish they would bring that back, like that Grindhouse. Well, after COVID, of course, right? <laughs> but yeah, you know, eventually, that was eventually, a, that was a great uh, theater experience going to see that and seeing a double feature like that, and 
and you know yeah. the fake trailers in the middle of it and all of that. That was that was awesome. Hell yeah. All right, so I'll tell you what, man. Let's open up the suggestion box, Travis, and head over to social media and see what some of the fans had to say. Now, truth good. be told, uh, truth be told, I forgot to do this. <laughs> so I did <laughs> I was telling you online, but I did it like three hours before we recorded this. But we still got quite a few comments, and I don't know how many have not been mentioned yet, but I'll go through them real quick to try to give as many people as possible a shout-out here on the episode. Michelle D., who is a patron of the show, thank you so much, Michelle. She's got Terminator 2 Judgment Day. She didn't mention which specific scene, but like I said, uh, you can't go wrong with James Cameron, Arnold, T- I mean, you can't go wrong with that. So great pick yeah. there. Um, Mario in the bar, who's a good friend of the show, and Sam from Movie Reviews and 20 Qs both mentioned the opening to Baby Driver. So they're with you on that one. Steve with Everything I Love for Movies says Mad Max Fury Road. We didn't bring that one up oh. tonight. What do you think? Of, what do you think about that? That whole movie's a chase. Yeah, scene. it's basically a chase scene with some dialogue sprinkled in, um, yeah. which is fine. Like it's it's a study in visual film, uh, you know, storytelling. Um, right. And no, I agree. That's a great. That's a great choice too. There were so many that you could choose. Um, that oh, there was you know, narrowing me. it down to five is is just a impossible task. But yeah, that's a great choice. He's also got Road Warrior, French Connection, Ronin, and Death Proof. So Ronin was one, and that got mentioned a few times. And I I have a deep-seated love of that movie and mm-hmm. the car chases in it because it came out like just the perfect time for me to be really just into all of that. And driving the Audis and the stuff they were doing in, in Paris and in France and all that. I just... I ended up not putting it on my list, not because I don't think it's a good chase. I just wanted to get some different stuff. If it was just car chases, that's in my top five easy. Right, right, right. And car chases could really be its own list too, but we wanted to obviously broaden the topic a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Sam, I mentioned him before. So his actual top five is this. Here we go. He says the Blues Brothers ending, Mad Max Fury Road, the whole movie. (laughs) I agree. Uh, Matrix Reloaded, the freeway scene we mentioned. Uh, Ronin, the car chase we mentioned. And then the foot chase in the opening of Casino Royale. Yes, and that was another one that I had on my list for for a bit. And I took it out actually for U.S. Marshals, and it was only because of the story elements that U.S. Marshals had. But, man, that opening in Casino Royale is just – I just watched that probably two weeks ago just on a whim. It's still yeah. so good. And that was almost 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let me see if I can go through on Twitter if there's any that have not been mentioned. So J.M. Junkins on Twitter says, Born Supremacy, the ending in Russia. Okay, yeah. Uh, they also said Fast and the Furious 6, which is the never-ending runaway chase. Oh, I'm, yeah. not sure what, uh, I'm not sure about that. I haven't seen the movie, but I know that no, there's, okay. a, there's a chase that takes place on a runway that's like, 10 or 15 minutes worth of movie. So the, okay. the runway is impossibly long because the plane is going oh, the whole time. Okay, I got you. I got you. And then uh, he says the beginning of police story as well, mm-hmm. he would mention. Yeah, I or, Jackie Chan, basically, insert Jackie Chan film here. Like, there's going to be a chase in there somewhere, and it's going to be amazing because... Right. So we're talking about Fast and the Furious, and I always give my buddy Dan at Netflix and Swill uh, a hard time. He's a great friend of the show. He's actually a friend of mine in real life as well, but he... <laughs> is absolutely in love with the Fast and the Furious films, and I'm kind of a hater of them, with the exception of Fast Five. Uh, and he he put a gif of uh, the guy saying, ejecto cedo cuz, and, and I'm like, get out, bro. Like, no. And it was the first comment we got on this. So, but But real quick, I mean, what do you think of the Fast and the Furious overall, like their car chases? They're fine. I think my issue with them is they get too... Um, 
like I'm fine with suspension of disbelief and, and go crazy, but there's it's too reliant on impossible maneuvers. And I think one of the things that I like in a in a good car chase is, or a chase in general, give me something that I feel like can actually happen. Once you get to the point of like Fast Six and and some of the stuff that I see in trailers, because I've only watched a couple of the Fast and Furious movies as like just movies. Yeah. But I see stuff in trailers, or I see clips, or I'll see like an individual scene. It take it gets to the point where I just I lose all my uh, investment in the characters because it, the things yeah. that are happening are just too much. So. Right, right, right. No, I get it. I mean, the only one that I was ever like really a fan of was Fast Five. Um, I can remember that theater experience as well, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, the first one too, I guess, uh, because it kind of started it all, and it was something different at the time. But other than those two. I'm just kind of like, all right, guys, we get it, you know. Yeah. So, but he, but he loves it. So, thank you for the shout out, Dan. Hey, and you know, there's uh, a there's an audience for it, and and I know a lot of people that love those movies. It just it yeah. reaches a certain point where I I can't do it anymore. I I felt the same way with like the transporter. The first transporter was awesome. Yeah. And then it, you know, once you start cranking it up a little too past too far past eleven, I I, I yeah. lose interest. <laughs> <laughs> right now, I get it. Word Salad Radio, great friends of the show that are always giving us feedback. Thank you so much, guys. But they said all of The Last Jedi, which I guess technically <laughs> is the chase. Kind of, yeah. That's a very, very good, yeah. And then they also said the Born Identity, the Mini Cooper chase. Oh, yeah. In the Born okay. Identity. Uh, Julio, patron to the show. Thank you so much, Julio. He says, probably too late, but so far, nobody has mentioning the opening chase of Enemy of the State. That's the Will Smith uh, yeah. spy thriller right yep that's a that's actually a pretty good one because that chase is uh i mean it's tony scott so oh yeah that's true yeah like how do you go wrong there um that's right yeah yeah i had forgotten that was tony scott yeah uh imran from the jock and nerd podcast has got ones that we've mentioned in one way or the other tonight but he says terminator 2 raising arizona that's my guy uh the italian job and baby driver and then we're gonna head over to facebook man uh and wrap up the show Travis. Okay. Guys, if you have not joined up yet, please join up to the Facebook fan community in the show notes. That is where I interact with our fans the most, as Travis will tell you. Definitely. But over there on Facebook, we got some interesting ones. I'll try to mention ones that we haven't spoke of yet. Our buddy Aaron Tucker's got a few that we didn't mention. And one of, I'm really excited. It's kind of like your Ferris Bueller pick for me, to be honest. But he said the Sandlot. Oh, yeah. You know, where he's get, being chased by the beast. Or at least I assume that's what he's talking about. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, so that's a great pick. He also says Fury Road, which is basically the whole movie. Italian Job from 03, which is the one I was in my honorables. Gone in 60 Seconds, Bad Boys 2, and Hot Fuzz. Yeah, those are pretty good. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Matt Lewinsky, good friend of the show, has got Smokey and the Bandit. That's a good, that's a classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also says the airport scene from Rat Race. Oh. Uh, okay. Jay and Silent Bob strike back chasing the monkey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this guy. Uh, SWAT when they transport the frog and the rundown with the native uh, massacre. Oh, the rundown. Right. Oh, that's a good. Yeah, rundown is a good flick yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, let's see. Molly Lewis said bullets, which you mentioned. Tony Vandenbush says the French connection. Our buddy Justin has one that we have not mentioned yet to live and die in LA. Are you familiar with that one? Yeah. So that's another Bill Friedkin. Um, I think that was either, I can't remember if that was before or after French connection. Um, But that's got a a freeway chase that has a lot of stuff going the wrong way in traffic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's see if there's any that have not been mentioned yet. Uh, Chris Andy says the parlor scene in Casino Royale. Okay. Uh, Daniel Henderson from the movie Generous Journey says, well, he has my number one. He's got Joker chasing Dent while Batman is chasing him. He's got the T-1000 in the truck in Terminator 2. 
And then he's got Bond chasing Malacca through the construction site in Casino Royale. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Drew Hallam, who's a patron of the show and a good friend of the show, says the intro chase with Scream from Scary Movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. I had to think about that one. Yeah. Uh, the fence hop and hot fuzz, the mass chase and point break. He's got Emperor's New Groove <laughs> and 28 weeks later. So that's good. I'm going to end on these last couple. So Patrick Sherwood says Duel. Did you ever see Duel? That was the Spielberg made-for-TV film from the yeah, 70s. Yeah, I've seen it, I think, once. And I don't. I, I only remember that you know it's it's him getting chased by the semi, and you never see the guy driving the semi. But it's been right, a while. Right, right. It wouldn't play today, no. uh, modern times, but in the 70s, I can imagine that was frightening as hell, dude. I saw it once as well, and I went back and watched it after all the hype about it about maybe 10 years ago. And like I said, when you watch it in modern times, you're kind of like, uh, just pull over and like fucking call the cop. Yeah. Like, what is, you know what I mean? But seeing it then with a much more secluded, you don't have cell phones, you don't have what, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely you a put movie. Yourself, yeah, that's the movie yeah. where cell phones completely change it. <laughs> right, right, right. And then the last one I'll mention is because it's a movie that I don't know from 1989. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but our buddy Josh Schaefer, uh, Josh Schaefer who's been on the show before, he's a good friend of the show. He says, it just hit me, but I believe that Tripwire is like one of the big chase scenes, if I remember correctly, but it's been a while. Do you know a film called Tripwire from 1989? I don't. That's not ringing any either. bells. I don't either. And I'm going to look it up because I love Josh, but he uh, he mentioned Tripwire there. All right, so th- guys, that wraps us up for our top five and then some uh, movie movie chase scenes. Travis Crawford, I appreciate you being here, brother. Uh, you know I'm a fan of yours, and I've been on your show before. I'm going to be back on your show again Yeah. Uh, whenever you... Whenever I get your invitation to the mail, bro. Yep, so. it's it's on its way. I've been uh, <laughs> be getting some out. scheduling done, and I'll be getting a hold of you soon, actually. I can't wait, man. Uh, I love you, and I love your show. Why don't you tell all the listeners where they can find you and your show online, brother? Yeah, so I'm in all the, the podcasts, you know, Google and Apple Podcasts, but the easiest way is uh, my website's tvstravis.com, and right there on the front page is a subscribe button for the show, and you get the list of all the recent shows, um, episodes. That's That's the easiest way to find it. Cool, man. Uh, I'll be talking to you online, Travis, and uh, thanks so much for being here. Until next week, guys, we will have another P on the pod and another top five for you. Travis, take care, man. I appreciate you being here. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you for listening. Two Peas is an independent podcast. We rely on donations from our executive producers in order to release new content weekly. Please check the show notes for a current list of all of our executive producers. If you would like to join them to help us continue to release great content, please visit Two Peas on a Pod at patreon.com or check out the show notes for this episode. Again, we sincerely thank you for listening.